Tell me about it, stud. Tell me about your offspring. Okay, guys, in all seriousness <laughs> here, in light of the CBHI Super Stakes auction, we'd like to talk about the phenomenal stallion, famous Playboy. He is owned by the Drizners at Still Meadows Ranch near Showroad Park. Yes, and to tell you a little bit more about the offspring, um, I can actually say I seen with my own two eyes at the CBHI this past fall in 2019. Uh, the offspring actually, they brought in around $65,000. Oh my God. Yeah, and uh, this is just his full first full crop to yeah. be hitting the barrel pen. So I think there's some serious promise shown there. Very I exciting. So. That is outstanding that mm-hmm. his first crop is doing that. Yes. And I know Sam Shannon and Corrine Warren have some promising up-and-comers that we will all want to keep our eyes on. Yeah, that's for sure. And even if you go back to our previous episode with Kim Gartoski, she talks about owning uh, him because that was actually, uh, he was born and raised on her ranch. Mm -hmm. So that was really cool. And then he was running 1D times with her. Took three years off uh, to just do some breeding and then came back when Christine bought him. And now he's running 1D times all over again, which is unreal. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think we're going to be sharing actually some videos of him on our uh, Facebook and stuff this week. And he's got a really cool style. You'll see in the videos. So check our pages for that. Very athletic. And I think that even convinced Steph W to uh, buy a breeding to him. (laughs) Actually, Steph H. Oh, sorry. Steph H. Oh, my goodness. Yes. Yes. I mean, I wish I got one, too. (laughs) Yes. And uh, we got the privilege to see him in person when he was tied up in the barn there. And he's beautiful. Nice big bone. I'm very excited to have a baby on the way. Yeah. By him. That's for sure. So yeah, uh, log into the uh, or check into the CBHI Super Stakes website, and you can see all the stallions and everything. But when you see Famous Playboy, just remember, even if you want to go back and listen to Kim's episode, Mm -hmm. just to get like a history of him, good backstory, yeah, yeah. of his breeding, like very handpicked. Yeah, that's for sure. (laughs) And yeah, be sure even to check out Christine Drisner Performance Horses because she's always sharing stuff as well as the Famous Playboy Facebook page. Definitely. Yeah, there's some good stats and posts on the Famous Playboy Facebook page I've seen recently. So check that out. Yes. All right, guys, we're going to dive right into this episode and keeping in light with the Facebook fad going on started by Mr. Chance Butterfield, who seems to have quite the uh, hilarious post. <laughs> yeah. Very entertaining. Yeah. I love it. We're going to rate each, not each other, but rate ourselves as uh, travel partners going down the road. <laughs> yeah. So his post this week, he was, he was uh, chirping travel partners like a Yelp review. So he was giving his buddies a, a Yelp review and it was quite comical. Yeah. And my Facebook was filled with either girlfriends of like rodeo people or rodeo people themselves just like talking about uh, their travel partners so yeah let's uh, talk about ourselves a little bit um so what i notice about <laughs> steph h let's <laughs> i've been dying to open this can of worms it's so funny it is uh so uh at finals up here nrr finals one of the biggest barrel races we have up here <laughs> honestly um so she was right after me and it was a cold pouring rain day and this lady uh she left her horse and she went home the night i don't what were you doing i think you had family over or something Maybe was stayed at my parents or something there yeah. was something going on. you didn't end up staying with us but so she didn't end up staying with us that night camping so she was coming and ray was tied to the trailer and i'm tacked up and ready to go and i 
don't see Steph H anywhere. And I'm like, where is this lady? And uh, I'm like, hey, like maybe she's running behind. Like we'll text and see. And she didn't reply. So I was like, okay, should I? tack up her horse for her but she has a very common theme of just kind of flying by the seat of her pants when she goes to jackpots <laughs> and so and so i was it's like you called know, not getting too worked up yeah uh-huh. she's so chill <laughs> <laughs> and then so i was like you know what yeah maybe i'll do that for her then someone i forget who it was or like nope don't tie up or tuck up her horse. She'll yeah, right. Who was it? <laughs> I, you're gonna have to pay me five bucks to smell the beans. I'm a ride or die. No snitches allowed. <laughs> Just kidding. But yeah, so I'm warming up my horse. Still don't see Steph. I call and call and call. I'm like, lady, like, where are you? And she like finally picked up. She's like, I'm at the grocery store. I'm just like getting some food. I was like, <laughs> I bet she sounded just like that. Just like that. And I was like, oh my God, like buddy, you're like off in like 20 riders. Like get your butt here. Cause you're still 10 minutes away from the rodeo grounds. And she's like, ah, oh, okay. And then finally, <laughs> like I'm already warmed up. Like I'm in the holding pen. Steph just like rolls up in her truck. And then after that, she like, Finally tacks up her horse and just like moseying around like do 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 in the back field <laughs> doing some circles. And I'm like yelling at her, Steph, you're next. Like you're right after me. She's like, what? Like I can't hear you. And I was like, Steph, like you're in next. And then she's like, finally, like she's like, no, like I'm good, buddy. I'm good. And I was like, no, man, like you're in next. And then she finally hears her name. She's like, oh, all right. Like as <laughs> if like I missed my run at finals two years ago. That's a whole nother story. But I wasn't gonna let her miss her run, but it was pretty funny. So <laughs> Steph is a unreal travel partner, always got snacks, always got their trailer packed, always has more than enough stuff. But man, <laughs> your timing. <laughs> yeah, I'm a little too relaxed. Maybe. Our yeah. one time I remember I could- we were even leaving and you were like, we we're like, hey, we have to leave at three. It was like three forty, and you were like bathing Ray in the driveway. <laughs> Are you sure that wasn't Steph working? It might have been me. <laughs> Could have been. I'm, I'm gonna be late, but here's the thing: I always give myself like an extra two hours. I mean, like depending where. Two hours. <laughs> it dep- like if we're going down to Pinoca, I'll give myself two hours because I know I'm gonna want to stop at Starbucks. And yeah, like, we don't um, get that mucho privilege burrito. Up here. Yeah. Stop at the horses a couple times. So I give myself lots of time to be late. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but don't you have a story about being late, you two? Oh, no. I have a story about completely missing one of my runs. <laughs> <laughs> Let's hear about that. So, yeah. How did that happen? So this was years ago at ABRA finals. <laughs> and, yeah, the only year that I actually made the finals. Like, I mean, oh, back to the, the short goal. Yeah. Yes. So... Yeah, I did my, I don't know, my the the runs, like, during the week. Mm-hmm. And we kind of were looking at the times, and I was with another girl, and we figured, yeah, there's no way I'm back in the short go. So I go down to Olds, and I'm just hanging out. And then on Sunday, I think it was on Sunday, Janelle Gertler texts me, and she's like, um, they're calling your name. <laughs> and I was oh, like, no. no, and I've not made it back to the short go <laughs> since. Oh, no. My only You're cursed. Yeah, you You're are cursed. cursed. Yeah. Um, so what? You're probably now from like a five to like a three and a half star for missing that? Or uh, what, what do you figure? I don't know. I guess. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's probably. funny. No, I am bad for forgetting things. I went to ABRA once and I forgot my head stall. I'm bad for being late. Mm-hmm. I am bad for like I'll have all my things, but they're in like 
10 in a pi- pile yeah piles. just unorganized yeah i'm like a, <laughs> like a groundhog like i have like piles and that's where yeah. i live like it's just a little ridiculous and then there's me like i have all these 31 bags and i'm like okay i have everything so organized in it's you're place. like label queen yeah there. Yeah. Yeah. yeah when yeah. She, when we were getting all this stuff she's like you gotta label your microphone oh, you yeah. label this you gotta label that i was like i've never labeled anything before yeah. in my life <laughs> but then i always have like i like to be prepared i need to have everything everything i could possibly need so i'm always like half the trailer is full of my stuff the other half is split between three other people (laughs) yeah that's funny what about you steph h ever since i tripped you i haven't heard much (laughs) (laughs) i mean i think i would rate myself like a solid eight out of ten i think so i think so no you're i might be like a little slow and casual at times but actually you know what if you get all hyped up i'm probably like a good traveling i was gonna say yeah you can just like help relax people i I think think it's a positive because you're like man we'll get there when we get there it's Mm -hmm. all good (laughs) (laughs) no i don't i don't know um i do i like good snacks so like i I love snacks yeah you always have like i'll pack good snacks or else i like want to stop yeah i like traveling with steph because it's like some people i travel with i'm like okay i need food and they're just like dude we just had food. Yeah. But yeah, with Steph, I know she always wants food too. <laughs> you know, <I> yeah. Down. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Even like, it was so funny Like me and Megan Blay were going down to Rimby and were you guys going down to Rimby too? Or were we meeting you there? Or it was something. Might have had fun. two trailers to that one. Yeah, yeah. We had, I think you were down there for something and I we had, we had three hotel. trailers. That yeah. One there time. was like three trailers. And so we were going down there and we would totally bypass Edmonton, like the whole city just to get there. But we were like, weren't thinking, and we all we were thinking about was um, freshie or it was some some kind of what food place that she like that's like that chopped leaf the chopped like, leaf. Chop leaf yeah we're thinking about the chopped leaf so we drove all the way to Sony Plain got chopped leaf and then we like left and that actually added almost two hours yeah. <laughs> to our time and we, we did just that to made Thor's it B two yeah once yeah. yeah you gotta you gotta make the trip to get those things so it's all about good food gotta fuel your body right yeah, yeah. so good food. <laughs> Good memories, relaxing. What else can we sum ourselves up as? Relaxing? <laughs> well, it's a relaxing atmosphere. No Wait, one's like, I have a good one. No one's hyped up. <laughs> when me and Steph were down in Claire's home, we were, tr- we were like trying to be healthy and continue working out. <laughs> <laughs> Why are you laughing? We went for jogs. I we jogged what? to A&W to get our breakfast. <laughs> So we jogged for like 10 minutes. (laughs) Yes. We jogged for 10 minutes to get our breakfast sandwiches and then jogged back. I do remember going to the NW there and like we had like guacamole breakfast sandwiches. Yeah. (laughs) Oh my goodness. That is hilarious. Yeah. But we did do a whole 5K jog while we were there. We did. Yeah. Without the NW. So what about on the way back? Did you guys jog back? Yeah, or maybe we just walked back. I don't remember. So you'd probably get a cramp after eating all that. <laughs> yeah, I think yeah. we, we were eating back. our breakfast sandwiches. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, that's funny. That is funny. Yeah. No, I think we all are pretty decent travel partners. I think we're all pretty good at like helping each other keep our focus on our goals and stuff. I think yeah. so. Mm-hmm. I'm not very good at helping pack the trailer, but. <laughs> oh, you know what's something good about me? I always take the highest rack in your saddle rack when I'm yeah. putting my saddle. Oh, nice. I always do that. And that you're like is... The, you're the tallest, aren't you? Yeah, I'm, I'm definitely short. I'm 5'5". Five five, so not oh, that tall. Okay. And if it's my trailer, I'm just a... 
She's a bot. If, like if it's your trailer, <laughs> well, that's the code, right? If it's your trailer, you get the best rack. Yeah. <laughs> and so, and you have an extremely tall trailer. So when I'm throwing my saddle up there, I'm like using my head, and then you count Balancing like one, on your head first. two, three. Try to lift. Usually doesn't work. Go back down on my head. Like if anyone, we have to do like a slow mo or like some kind of video of like trying to get yeah. a saddle, saddle up to up there. Yeah. yeah. Oh, and guys, this year I got that um, that surefoot grip from Copeland. Um, oh yeah, Alicia Copeland does it. Cool. So now our horses are gonna have a real nice smooth ride. Yeah, sweet. Yeah, that's awesome. So that you just like you don't have to put bedding in or anything like that. Yeah, no, you don't need shavings. Like that saves your doors. Like, cause yeah. I have shavings in, and it mm-hmm. actually like kind of wrecked my hinge on my trailer. And the horse's lungs. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yes. From not having shavings. Yes. And I don't know. I've heard that, um, like you know, you can get those cloud boots, or I don't know. There's different brands. Mm-hmm. Yep. And those are pretty much the same thing, but you don't need to strap them on your horse every time. Nice. Mm-hmm. That's awesome. Yeah, that's awesome. And like, I I'd, <laughs> I'd say we're oh my god, okay, <laughs> we're, what row. we're doing, <laughs> what we're gonna do is we could actually make a drinking game out of this podcast. <laughs> I know that's awesome. Every the single time I them. say that's awesome. <laughs> If someone took a drink, they might need their liver uh, <laughs> uh, cleansed at the hospital. So, and now we are bored on a Friday night. <laughs> oh boy! Yeah, I think I think we have a great group of girls. We're all good drivers, and we're actually I, <laughs> uh, okay. I I'd have like a to chirp Megan Blay right oh. now. <laughs> okay, you can chirp her, and then I have a confession to make. Oh, oh no. I like confessions. Me too. No, I'm just kidding. But her driving scares me sometimes. <laughs> so I, I often offer to drive. <laughs> we can take my truck. Oh, She's boy. so fast. You guys, she goes so fast. She's like Ricky Bobby. I want to go fast. <laughs> but uh, No, I'm I, just kidding. She's have, really not that bad. But it's just like a theme that I've been making fun of her for the last <laughs> couple of years. Yeah. <laughs> no, she's good. And I have a confession for traveling with Megan. I went a lot with her this summer. And I drive really slow. But sometimes I'll drive really slow on purpose so she drives instead of me. <laughs> really? Like, I'll go like 80, 90, like I freaking drive slow. And she's like, oh my God, Nadine, like we can't go any slower. Like, I'm, just let me drive. I'm like, okay. <laughs> well, all jokes and laughs aside, we are excited to have on an amazing cowgirl who has made our country proud. She is the 2018 NFR average winner on Rip and Lady. And she's the 2017 CFR champion. She is also a three-time CFR qualifier and a two-time Canadian Pro Rodeo season leader. She has also been to the Calgary Stampede twice. And her horse, Rip, has won Horse with the Most Heart two years in a row. Please welcome Carmen Pazabon. Hey, Carmen, how's it going? Good. That's good. Um, I know we have a lot of questions on here today for this episode, uh, but it's not every single day we get to talk to Carmen Pazabon. <laughs> so how did you grow up um, with horses? Were you in a rodeo family? Yeah, I was in a rodeo family. My, my Pazabons were always in the rodeos. So my dad actually was a bull rider, so my uncle Luke and my auntie Lynn Sheep. She was the barrel racer in the family. Yeah, Pazabon so is a very predominant name in the rodeo community, that's for sure. 
Yeah, and then I carried on with my, well, obviously my cousins and my brother. We all kept staying in the rodeos, so that's all we grew up with. That's awesome. Did you um, did you always grow up just barrel racing, or did you do other events yourself? Um, no, I did actually, well, through high school rodeo, I, I did pole bending, breakaway, team roping, um, made it to the nationals with the barrels and, and poles, so I never ever actually went because my horse was too young and then um made the high school finals uh team roping and yeah i would like to carry on with the breakaway and team roping one day but as of right now i'm too busy with feral horses (laughs) (laughs) yeah i imagine that's awesome that's really cool well yeah because they're adding the breakaway into um pro rodeo now as well i read Mm -hmm. somewhere the other day yeah, I'm trying to get into that a little bit more. So then those two events, it's way better to go to a rodeo and enter two events than yeah. one. Yeah, so. worth the fuel. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. yeah. So would you haul two horses then, or would you try breakawaying on your barrel horse? Well, I've been training um, Lulu for breakaway roping, and then I also have all of Jason's horses if I want, or my dad's. So I would like to personally have my own head horse, but that's mm-hmm. not going to happen right away until I get some barrel horses off their property <laughs> so <laughs> some fair trades yeah. i can just use the ones that are around for now <laughs> yeah. that works yeah so i have a question i imagine the majority of other aspiring barrel racers have what does it take to get a horse to the pro rodeo circuit and from your experience what do they actually need to get to the top and stay at the top well um my biggest thing is finding a horse with a huge heart yeah. Um, strain and a strain ment- or a strong mental game for mm-hmm. us as competitors. Um, a lot, a lot, lots of training and precision, like training for precision and uh, repetition, like just to be perfect every time, doing slow stuff. Um, mm-hmm. so your horse can figure out exactly where you want them to get to and where you want them to stay on this through the whole run. Um, once you have that bond between you and your horse, you're and you're confident, so it's pretty. You're uh, it's pretty easy to get going mm-hmm. on that roll. Just have to hit the right stepping stones to get there. Yeah, build yeah, your confidence I, together. I think confidence <laughs> plays a big part, probably. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, huge! Yeah, yeah. Well, a lot of it. They say eighty percent mental. So yeah, mental game. True. So if you have the horse with a big heart to lead with you, then you're good. So what kind of team do you need um, for you and your horses on the rodeo road? Um, like, do, you have, do you have anyone with you in the trailer, hauling buddy? or? Yeah, or? no. Yeah, so good supporting cast. Like my great fiancé, obviously. Yeah. <laughs> he helps me ton with staying positive, um, focusing on our own stuff. Uh, great friends. Really good vet. Yeah. Um, I have some very good therapist behind me that back me a lot mm-hmm. uh, another is barrier and speed suppliers they help a lot to keep everything consistent mm-hmm. how do you so, do that like managing um, veterinarians when you're traveling so much do you have a few trusted ones kind of in each area yeah I, I have a really good relationship with my vet so they um I can call my the one down in Texas. But it just depends on what they're what they're specializing. Like I kind of go whichever way they're they specialize and what whatever I'm dealing with. Yeah. Um, so they're willing to like talk to me any hours of the day. Like I can 
call late at night, middle of the weekend, like they're totally there for you either way. Um, they've been great through the last four years of riding or running hard. So, and still to this day, when I'm not even going that hard, I'm just doing lots of clinics and stuff. I'm trying to get new horses going. They're still right there. So, do you have a yeah. few up and comers uh, that are going to make their way to the rodeo and jackpot trail? Um, oh, I got about 18 in the backyard, so oh. I hope so. <laughs> oh my! Oh wow! Yeah, I was gonna say thank you for coming on the podcast, knowing you're that busy. Yeah, it's like it's never ending, and then I have a little to juggle as well. She's trying to do the same thing, so we all have our goals. So, what are the differences when preparing and maintaining a horse for the fraternity road uh, versus the rodeo road? Mm-hmm. Every horse to me is the exact same. I keep them very equal. Um, they're all, it's all the same. The only thing that's different is with rodeo and you got to juggle the travel wear and tear a little bit more. Well, mm-hmm. way more. So the biggest thing is keeping those horses loose and feeling good in their body and mind. Um, yeah, you have to have a good program for that. Just to always have that back and back in you to remember that your horse is going to have to get off and work with very little sleep if you've been traveling for the whole night. Um, same as maturity horses, like, they're in a whole new in a whole new area. They don't ever get to those, like, me being from Alberta or BC and having to go to Alberta, it's not like they get to those arenas, like, some of those horses when you go to those maturities. Mm-hmm. Um, so I try to keep, teach them all to pretty much go out into every arena and look for those barrels and not have to like show them the path the new arena every single time I'd get them just to run straight for the barrels and focus on the barrels more than anything Mm -hmm. I was just gonna say um how do you prepare your futurity horse to be ready for rodeos and how do you know when you can take that step hmm that's a hard one because all my (laughs) horses are young and running at either one so if um like, I had a friend try running. Uh, she was doing maturities, and Rip was the next year after. So, as soon as French fry was at the rodeos and she needed a break, then Rip was thrown in as a maturity horse. Like, mm-hmm. if I have something that's going to run and I can season them at rodeos too, like, they kind of just, that's just all part of it. I would rather season them at a rodeo than a jackpot because that's where I'm going to be aiming them for yeah. is at a rodeo. So, if I can go to a smaller rodeo and season it there just to get the colts out, I will. Okay. So. Yeah, definitely a different atmosphere, that's for sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they got, like, <laughs> Rip used to be really scared of, like, the carnival. Oh, really? Like that. <laughs> you just kind of have to guide her through oh, it to I get know. over it. But. She's, she's gotten used to them now? Oh, yeah. Well, who knows, actually. She's <laughs> <laughs> better than she in the bush, but oh, <laughs> she goes yeah. looking around, she oh. looks at everything. Yeah. But once you aim her at a barrel, she knows what she's hunting for. <laughs> oh, good. That's, yeah. that's good. <laughs> All right. So how do you pack your truck and trailer when you're headed down the road for long periods of time? <laughs> this one I laughed at. So this one, um, <laughs> I pretty much live in my truck and trailer. Yeah. <laughs> I don't have to pack it very often. Yeah. So when I do, to start the season, I usually um, lots of clothes since I love having options. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, my traveling partners normally don't have to pack much clothes because I have lots. Yeah. Um, <laughs> um, all of my horse therapies. So we pretty much have a 
a veterinary veterinary clinic on the trailer <laughs> going with therapies like the or the Revita vet. I use all those. And then the um, ther- the TheraPlate is usually in my trailer. Mm-hmm. So grains and supplements, um, they don't get left behind, that's for sure. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and uh, I try to only buy healthy food so that the, the bad is not an option. Mm-hmm. Yes. And you can't forget your dog. Yes, yes, I agree. <laughs> what kind we of dog do you have? Three of them. Oh, all three. We have three miniature healers. Oh, really? Oh, so cute. Yeah. That's awesome. So, yeah. So, we have a full house. Yeah. So, do you keep them tied at the trailer or they, they pretty much just know no. to stick around? They, everyone would know my dog. Oh. <laughs> they, they're roaming around. That's awesome. What are their names? Yeah. Uh, I have Taz, who's usually the chubby one. And then uh, Camel, that was the male, and then we have three, which is the young, the pop out of Taz and Camel. So. Aww, <laughs> are they with you right now? Yeah, it is. I just picked <laughs> them up today. That's awesome. <laughs> so. Being hauled those long distances takes a toll on horses. How do you ensure your horse is eating and drinking on the road, also keeping them sound from the wear and tear from spending hours upon hours in the trailer? Uh, so the biggest thing is to keep the Zestera, I swear by Zestera, for my horses. It helps them drink and eat the whole time while being on the road. They never get colicky or trying out. Um, another thing I always have is that fair plate to loosen up and get the circulation going through the bottom, or through the whole body, sorry. Um, and then my Revita vet. Revitavet is amazing just to open up the circulation as well and the pressure or the acupuncture points before run and stuff. And then another one is good nutrition and massage. Like I just massage my own horse. Like no different with us. We, well, if you haven't ever had one, but massages are amazing. So if you can get those mm-hmm. <laughs> the body to not be blocked off, then it's going to help you during your your runs and mm-hmm. give your horse an honest chance to work properly. So those are usually what I keep for sure to go down the trail. Uh, do you put any specific boots on your horse in the trailer? I know like some really hot summer days, like some people don't put them on, but uh, what do you have any trailer wear for your horses? Yes, I use hand bow. Um, they're, they're, uh, their quick wraps are amazing. They aren't actually too hot, so they help me a lot that way. And then another is, their uh, travel rug is amazing. Like it doesn't, it's tested to be traveled in with in hot temperatures as well, so your horses don't get hot. So my horses live in those. That's the blue. The blue traveling too. Blue yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I have a question about the Zestera. So do you just give that orally, like when you put them in the trailer and every day, or do you put that in their water? Uh, I do. I do a bit of both. So. Every time I load a horse, I give it Zestera, and then um, if we are at a location and I just want to put some in the water, I can do that as well. But normally, just orally every day while they're traveling. Okay. So, usually have a big jug on me because we usually haul six horses. So. Yeah, I guess wow. you'd go through a lot. <laughs> How big is your yeah. horse trailer? Must be pretty big. It's, it's a six horse. Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh, nice. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> 
So while you're on the road, do you have any specific drills you like to use just to keep them sharp between runs? Yeah, I like to do a lot of the foundation points on the pattern, make sure that they are wanting to do it on their own. Um, the, the three barrels is another one I'd love to use. It's just the same. It's all a pattern, but it's all the right and left turns. Okay. So it just keeps your horse, keeps them smooth and relaxed and helps them keep those barrels open so there's no anticipation and they can actually relax on those three barrels. Okay. So you those just, are the ones I use the most. You just do those at a lope then? Yeah, I do those at a lope yeah. to keep them laid back and okay. don't let them get chargy. And then um, the foundation, I just walk and try it like my my roadie horses don't ever have to do fast work usually. So okay. Unless we're actually at a run. Yeah. Awesome. Uh, so everyone has a different routine when you're getting ready for the run. What is, um, like in the warm-up pen, for example, um, what would this look like for you and your horses? Mm, just to make sure that they're loosening up their muscles. I do a lot of long trotting, um, loping some circles testing them to make sure they're listening to their cues. Um, they make sure their mind's clear, like they're not holding grudges. And, and then me staying positive and giving them an honest chance for both of us to go out into that arena and do an honest run. So how do you know when your horse has the winning edge? Did you have a feeling Rippin' Lady was going to take it to the NFR early on, or were you just embracing every step of the way? I did in a way, um, but I, I hadn't chased NFR uh, to that that point yet. I had a lot of nice horses, so I had to take stepping stones just to get all the way to be able to keep one finally and go hard. Um, I knew she had it, had it because there was many people that did try and buy her when she was going at the beginning, and I kept on saying no because they'd be pretty much having to buy my dream it was to the point yeah. that I could actually keep one and go hard, so... <laughs> Yeah, this life was, I had to get to each step to be able to have this, uh, like the money to go, the rig to go, and all that, the sponsors, and to be able to actually make it there. Yeah, it's a literally a whole, like, 360-degree process, like, mm-hmm. all around, that's for <laughs> yeah. sure. Yeah. So, speaking of RIP, let's talk more about the 2017 and 2018 Barrel Horse of the Year. How did she come into your life, and at what stage were you both at? So, she came into my life through my mom's cousin. Um, she had a horse named French Bar that was a little bronchy that I ended up with. Um, she came um, maybe like a few months after French Fry, but French Fry okay. was at her maturity year, so I grabbed her and ran her at the maturities and stuff, and she came out of it right away after I whooped her through it at one of the races and she ended up winning the maturity <laughs> side plot and she never did try it again so oh, we okay. kept carried on and eventually I did really well that was Rip's sister and mm-hmm. she actually won um, reserve champion as well at the super stakes as a derby horse and then um, no that was actually as a maturity horse and then the derby year she actually won the derby Okay. And then I, I ran that the same year I started. When I was running her as a derby, I started running Rip as a maturity horse. And Rip came on strong, too. But my biggest thing is I find that um, I ride better if I'm on one horse and just go with my whole heart to one horse and 
totally okay. stick with their their the way they run. So they're not switching back and forth, and I'm totally in tune with them. So that's why I pretty much stayed on rip and gave her an honest chance to carry on. That's um, cool. Yeah, it's hard letting like putting one aside and doing that, but mm-hmm. it just works out better for me. That's why you will you won't see me jump on a whole bunch. It's really mm-hmm. not my thing. But yeah, <laughs> and then. then um, she, at the stage that she was at when I got her, she was a three-year-old. She didn't pick up her right lead, so I had to get her after that when I took <laughs> her to Arizona. She was a feisty little thing, so I <laughs> bring her down, and I started her actually in the stockyard, just chasing cows for a long time, and, and then I started taking her to the pattern. So, but she loved cattle, too. Like, at the beginning, she would... So you could run her in the, just the twine around her neck and she'd chase the cows and be totally into it. So, oh, wow. But she sees a purpose in something. She totally loves, loves doing it. That's awesome. Likes to go to work. Yeah. So did you find, yeah. um, so we had Ashley Lacey on here previously and she was telling us about French Fry, who I believe is by Hula Guy as well. Did you find yeah. similarities in the two when you're running them? Uh, speed, but... Uh, totally different styles. That's why it was really hard for me to run both at the same time. Yeah. Um, they did really well. I did very, it, it was fine with the Petroleum Derbies, but I wanted to have a really good con- connection when I was actually rodeoing. So French Fry was more of a straight, she was a way taller horse, um, big powerhouse. Uh, Rip would just really get down and low and hunt the barrels. So, which French Fry definitely hunted the barrels too, but she was a flatter style. Um, so, so Rip had great success from the Futurities right from the start. So, can you tell us a little bit more about um, your journey to the Super Stakes with her? You said you started her as a three-year-old um, down in the states. Can you kind of take us through the next two years? Yeah, started her in December and uh, running her in December down in Arizona. That was as a Futurity horse. Um, before that, I had had her just playing with her in the field probably in about August, September before. And then I took her up to Dawson Creek and trained on the pattern more up there. And then that's when I went to Arizona by, it was the end of October. We headed over there and then I just carried on with the barrels in Arizona and had her running by December. Um, and she did really well. Like she automatically hunt, hunted a barrel. She already knew like, um, knew that her job was to turn them so <laughs> that was the easy part of it it was uh she ran in a, in a snaffle for the longest time mm-hmm. and then once she started getting a little stronger I had to back her off a bit and put a chin strap on but she never really ever she just was fast <laughs> so I had to just get some a little more manageable with <laughs> yeah. the chin strap <laughs> so um after that, it was the same thing goes as soon as she had, like, once she had knew the interest and knew what her main purpose was, she was locked on. So it was hard to back her off. She was like a missile going to those barrels <laughs> and locked <laughs> onto them. <laughs> so come October, like, were you headed in there? You were ready to win some super stakes money? Yeah, she had won through, she had won lots through that season of the Futurities. So, and we already had been running and winning at the pro rodeos, but 
that summer as well. Like when she needed, when French fry needed a break, I threw a rip in a couple times. Um, she had made some money then, and then we carried on into the super stakes. And yeah, she she ran her one of her fastest times then, and then that next winter we went down to Arizona, and she had her fastest time down in Buckeye too. So the next season. Cool. Uh, did she have any quirks during seasoning and getting a solid pa- solid pattern on her? Um, no, she was like, not really. She was pretty easy that way. She uh, she wanted it as much as I did, so that was the best part. That's awesome. Not too many horses come by without having quirks. Mm-hmm. No, yeah. She's feisty, but I had to be feisty right with her. <laughs> Sometimes that's <laughs> a like, really good edge people. to get them to win. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, like they have to they say, like, oh, she's a mean mare. Well, you oh. just have to pretty much bring your mare back out of you. Yeah. <laughs> 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 oh, man. <laughs> um, so for when you're, when you're rodeoing, how much, like, on a regular rodeo season and you're, like, your main rodeo horse, how much time will you typically give them off in a year? How much time would I give them off in a year? Uh, so if I could, I like to give them off a few months in the winter time. Yeah. But if you're rodeoing down south, there's maybe not really any time to give them off. Yeah, yeah depending so, on what your goals are, I guess. <laughs> if you're carrying on, you're like, yeah, so it really depends on what you're qualified for and where you're going. So, like, if I could give them three months off, it'd be perfect as a colt. Mm-hmm. It'd be nice to give them some time off during the winter. Um if you're qualified stuff and you have to keep carrying on, you don't get that. So you just have to remember to keep them really good maintenance program going and keep the body mm-hmm. supple and them feeling healthy, being healthy the whole time. So do you ever give them like little short breaks, like somewhere like Cooley Equine, for example? I do the Cooley Equine usually in between rodeos if I have time in Alberta. Or if the horse doesn't have to come back to BC, then I'll just leave leave them over there. And um, another, I make sure that they get in between rodeos. If I'm rodeoing hard, I try to give them as much days off as possible in between. Because yeah. usually you have to include travel days, then you just include rodeo days, and then mm-hmm. trying to keep them, make sure that they're in shape as well. You can't let them get out of shape. So you still yeah. have to buy them. Um, so a couple of days a week, if I can fit it in to let them have a break. Okay. So it just yeah, it all depends on how hard you're going. Mm-hmm. Um, if you're just doing the the, the futurities, it's not as hard because yeah, sure. there's not nearly as many. So you can keep a course pretty fresh that way. Mm-hmm. So on those long trailer hauls, how often do you break and let them come out of the trailer and give them a walk before you put them back in and continue down the road? I like to, well, again, time frame with us being from Alberta or from BC. Um, I do, like, Rip cannot go past, like, six hours. She was like, that's the max. Um, five to six, I usually stop, let her out for about an hour, let anything, we take all of them out. So water, everything, walk them around for a while, let them eat some grass, make sure that they have theirs up there and put them back in. So, um, if we have a chance in between, like, you know, like if we're not in a hurry to get a rodeo, to get to a rodeo, then we'll end up running over to the golden and stopping for the night so they can just rest through the night and then carry on in the morning. So overnight somewhere. 
it all depends on how much. If it's just a straight through drive, then yeah, it's every five to six hours. Just stopping. So Rip was off for a little while there. Um, can you share with us a little bit about her recovery and what you've been implementing as part of her re- rehab program to get her ready to go again? Yeah, she's been recovering very well. Um, just got the green light to start getting her back into shape for this year. Has some amazing vets. They, as I was saying, they're always right behind me. Um, they put her on a protocol to bring her back so that she heals strong. Mm-hmm. Um, my vet from Texas was Randy Lewis, and then there's Chad Marsh and Billy Hodge from the coast here. Um, they all kind of work together and uh, to make it strong. So, it's like, I needed to give her a year off to bring her back and keep her not losing her marbles on her time off. Oh, yeah. <laughs> was the sure. biggest thing. Yeah. <laughs> so She probably wants to get back uh, to work, too. Yeah. Oh, she can't handle it. Yeah, she wants me back so bad. <laughs> Aww, so yeah. she had lots of um, paraplate sessions, like a, uh, at least the Whitman. She kept her at the barn where I was training out of this winter, and she did lots of paraplating with her. Um, again, the Revita vet, and then I have a lot of a girl that does a lot of uh, energy work through her body just to keep her feeling good too and keep everything moving. Um, and a farrier is very important. I use Justin Bueller for her, so keep all her angles correct and perfect so she can come back strong. But it comes down to all the little tiny things to get her back. <laughs> mm-hmm. What kind of drills are you doing to get her back in shape? She's not quite to the point of drills yet, but <laughs> okay. so right now we are, we were just walking trotty and now she's to the point that I can actually, I've been going up She's just going up to the mountains and stuff now, so I'm not even going to worry about drills and stuff until we haven't even been around, like, a pattern since the end of time. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, wow. Oh, I've wow. been walking and trotting. I've probably been around about five times, so it's yeah. going to be fun when we first go back down the alley. <laughs> yeah, for sure. <laughs> but for sure, like, I'll go back to the exact same, like, just doing those, those fundamentals mm-hmm. um, and doing the foundation points and that those three just to keep her relaxed and even thinking about barrels but it's hard not to let her think about them so yeah there's a whole different type of horse she is an athlete that's for sure and speaking of her i guess again we're gonna jump right into the nfr so what was the day and life of carmen pazabon at the nfr for those 10 days oh lordy um (laughs) (laughs) so we start out with ceremonies Doing all like the dinners and for the WPRA, and you had to go do signings and practices. Um, the practices are really early, like four or five in the morning. Oh my! Um, yeah, you're pretty much up at four to get there at five, and and then uh, you have the all your sponsors you got to go with and therapists you got to meet. So I had a, a girlfriend that came with me, and she looked after Rip. Um, she was done that for a lot of the large rodeos and stuff or any of the CFRs and stuff. So she's, I totally can trust her with mm-hmm. it. Um, she knew everything she needs. And my therapist, like, do work on Rip a lot, came down as well. So she would just book them in so they weren't overlapping each other. And then 
so Rip had her own schedule and I had my own schedule between sponsors <laughs> and dinners and signings. And then, yeah, we got to see each other at practices when we needed to. And then um, I also was very sick, so that really sucked. Oh, so I no. also had to try and mend, or, mend myself along the whole thing, too. <laughs> People say that, hey, they yeah. always end up getting sick there uh, for some reason. We had another guest that I went to the NFR so and she was sick, too, she said. Yeah. Yeah. I was dying. I was like the worst sickness I've ever had in my whole oh, life. No. Oh no! <laughs> so one day I did a run and I almost fainted right after my run. I thought oh. I was gonna, I just wanted to stay on through my whole run. <laughs> oh jeez! <laughs> like a cold type yeah. flu kind of thing. Um, I had pneumonia. Oh, oh my and, god! Um, bronchitis and the influenza all at once. Oh, so my. I was dying. Well, you definitely didn't ride like you were sick yeah. at all. No. <laughs> you killed it. I, I was trying to get through the alley yeah. and then give an honest chance once they hit the, the arena. Yeah. Wow. 13 so, yeah. seconds. You got yeah. it. It was really tough. Yeah. yeah. So when you were like getting prepared and everything, did you like not even think about being sick? Like were you just so focused on the energy in the Thomas and Mac and like kind of put that on the back burner or was it something you really had to yeah. push? Yeah. I had to like definitely just could not think about being sick, that's for sure. You're in the middle of your prime of your whole life. So that was uh you had to take it try and take it all in as much as you can, even if you're lingering down. Um I couldn't talk, like that was the only thing about interviews. I had to like or some signings I couldn't make it to, so that kinda was a downfall. Um they, there were sometimes like I was just like, hey, I can't even make it to the signing, or there's no point in me giving the, my fans this nasty thing that I have going on. Yeah. So I had to like, my sponsors were very amazing that way with understanding and not putting me in that situation, mm-hmm. even though that, that there were there were some mandatory ones that I had to go to, obviously. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it was a lot of trying to get the 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 right amount of sleep so that I could be strong enough to even make it through from the. Yeah the second that you're doing the um, grand entry to the end of your run. Yeah. <laughs> so. So was it hard to let others do all the beside, behind the scenes with your horses? Um, it, it was hard. Like, it sucks not being able to go um, be able to see her as much as I normally do. But I knew she was in very good hands with Natalie. So, and the it's been a lot of my family that have came up through my career that have, that were helping with her too. So I knew she was, she was all right. They would keep me updated a lot. And the therapist were, she was in a spa the whole time anyway. So she was the only one that was able to stay strong for the two of us to get us through that whole week. So if I didn't have a rip feeling amazing, we probably would have went down. The two of us, <laughs> she was getting so. some rest. Yeah. 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 So she needed to carry me along. Yeah. <laughs> All right. I I kind of want to go back. My question here was, did you go into 2018 uh, with NFR as a goal in mind? So I'd like to ask that question, but I'd also like to ask like where it all started because we talked about how it is like a 365 day, if not more, goal to actually get to the NFR. So like, where did it start and when were you like, okay, this could be a goal that I'm going to work towards and I'm going to go for it? So yes, I did definitely have that as a goal in 2018. Um, the biggest thing was making it through those 2017 
uh, rodeos, like making it top to win in Canada, to be able to get into those bunch of rodeos to keep it easy for one horse to be able to make it. So that was, I didn't have the two horses going at that time. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I had to, I had to take advantage of those, those bigger rodeos to be able to get us to that point. And when that winter went well, we were well ahead before we came back to Canada. So mm-hmm. it, it was, uh, open through the whole season. Then I got to a point where Rip was off for a little bit. I needed to give her some time off mid season, probably August ish. And then I gave her some time off just to get her strong for the CFR again and finish off the season on other horses. Um, I went down to Texas and ran the last few rodeos that were of the season just so I wasn't mad at myself if I did get a bump <laughs> and so that I at least she kept trying. Um, that was the only thing just to make sure I gave it 110% just to get there and wasn't regretting anything at the end. Perfect. So how does, how does one qualify for those big paying rodeos like in the States and stuff? Is it through ranking well in the Canadian standings or is it CFR? It's, uh, well, the CFR gets you in. It's all different nowadays. They have, um, they've changed it last year a bunch, but back then, so the Canadian champ got invited to a bunch of those bigger rodeos. And then, uh, season leading or like season standings, if you're in the top certain amount of the WPRA standings as well, you get in. Um, so it just, they all have different qualifications. You just have to really read into it. The entering is huge. A big part that people don't understand how much you have to pay attention to to be able to get into them because especially down there you're entering months ahead of time to yeah. to those big rodeos that you miss out on them they're big that's a big loss if they go to multiple little rodeos so yeah so how did it feel when you found out that you would be making your first run up the Thomas and Mac alleyway? Were you nervous or excited or everything in between? Um, super excited and relieved. Finally. <laughs> yeah, <I bet>. <laughs> <laughs> it felt like it's been lifetime trying to get there. Yeah. Um, <laughs> many horses. Um, uh, lots of lots of money, obviously. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Just hours and yeah, it, took, it was a long time. So it was uh, well-deserved and it felt it felt amazing once we, I was like that I realized that we were actually going for a little while. It didn't sink in. I remember that. Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. It must have honestly been surreal. That's yeah. for sure. Yeah, and my biggest thing is like the border. <laughs> I always have the worst border anxiety, and I'm like, I'll be the only Canadian that doesn't make it across the border. <laughs> oh, no, yeah. So I had to go down like a month before. Really <laughs> to make sure. Yeah. yeah. Well, have you committed any crimes stuff. or? <laughs> <laughs> no, they just hate that I'm a gypsy. Oh, <laughs> so, yeah. So how would that work then? Like, do you have to get a visa when you're going down there for quite a while, or do you just like go? It's definitely easier if you do. Yeah. Um, so that you can't. They. My biggest thing was. I usually take like 10 or 11 horses. So they're always like, how are you going without leaving Canada and just leaving everything? And they didn't understand how I didn't have any ties in Canada other than my house was on the back of my truck and my whole herd of animals. (laughs) (laughs) So they didn't really like that. Oh, Oh, man. That would have been a good Border Patrol episode. (laughs) I remember they stopped a bull rider on one of them and they asked what like the rosin was. They thought it, I think they thought it was like that. (laughs) 
Oh my lord. Or whatnot. I died <laughs> laughing. Oh my god. <laughs> well, you probably even have to be careful like what supplements you take across the Yeah, board. that's oh, true. Oh, everything. You have to go through your whole rig. That's more oh. of when you're worried about packing is when you're crossing the board. Yeah. <laughs> so I make imagine. sure you don't have CBD oil or CBD yeah, oil. That's like, true. That kind of yeah. stuff. Like, you yeah. can't have that advertised all over your vehicle. Yeah, right. <laughs> like, what are you doing? <laughs> um, well, yeah. No fire. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh my god, I had a question and I just slipped my <laughs> mind. Oh, oh yeah. Um what about when you win saddles or something like that, like declaring that kind of stuff on the way back? I heard like a couple people had problems with bringing saddles on the way back, just like Yeah, the someone from the INFR yeah. this year. They yeah. had to yeah, that, major yeah, I know duty. That. Yeah. Yeah, so I just claim them. I I just you just claim the value of them and okay. they're either gonna they're either gonna charge you or not if you don't claim them then you're in big trouble then they'll probably yeah. charge so, you way more yeah <laughs> yeah exactly so the biggest thing is to i pretty much overclaim and you're either gonna get border patrol or you get a bad one yeah. so they're at least gonna find less if you do do uh claim most of it so i'm horrible because i'll be like Oh my lord! I have dog food in my vehicle, and you're not allowed to cross the, <laughs> the border. <laughs> so every last thing I stress about. Yeah. Oh man, that must be a lot of paperwork with all those horses, dogs, like people. Oh like, yeah, a lot. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's but it's worth it, man. So. Definitely. It's like you're you feel freedom once you're crossing over yeah there. yeah oh, no. <laughs> start the car <laughs> Crank the yeah okay exactly. i have a funny story about the border <laughs> um, <laughs> me and my friend went down to visit my aunt and uncle in montana and we're like we've never smoked cigars before and we're like oh let's try smoking a cigar so we did this while we're down there but we're like okay this isn't that fun <laughs> so we only smoked like we bought a pack of two and we smoked half of one and so we're crossing. Oh, you're a the, bad ass. I know. <laughs> so we're crossing the border, and the guy, he's like, any alcohol or tobacco or anything? And we're like, no. And then I was like, oh, wait, we have one and a half cigars. And he's yeah. like, okay. He just thought we were nuts. <laughs> you take a drug That's test. like me. <laughs> yeah, probably. That's oh. like me. Oh, my Lord, we have one beer open. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like you just There's a wine bottle it. back there. Yeah. yeah. You yeah. have to be honest. Yeah, because you I don't want to do anything that'll mess up your chances of going I to try. Yeah. I try to make everyone else drive so I don't talk. Yeah. <laughs> That's probably a good idea. I would I should do that. Yeah. Chinese fire hydrant before you get to that border. Yeah. <laughs> so going back to the NFR, did you imagine you would end up moving from or sorry? So going back to the NFR, did you imagine you would end up moving from the fifteenth spot to the fourth spot in the world? Uh wouldn't say I did. I definitely um, went out there just to be like give myself an honest chance, one, make sure that I had clean runs so that I could do it as a learning curve. Like I was more looking at it as if, well, it's like every rodeo. You try and go to each rodeo and try and learn from them. But we just ended up staying all clean and going around all the barrels. So that was the biggest part was my goal was to try and keep every run clean at least to learn from the whole thing. Mm-hmm. And it just paid off in the end. So. So I have a question I've actually been, like, burning to ask anyone from the NFR. What is it like going down the alley, but, like, 
not smoking your knee on that pole because every time I watch a horse go into <laughs> that, I'm like, oh my god, like someone is gonna take their kneecap <laughs> off on that, especially pole. some that run from far. Especially out. with Rip. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> she runs. I yeah, remember, she was getting excited. I remember there. holding oh, my breath, too. like saying, "Oh no, her knees! <laughs> oh, <laughs> I'm so close." I know. It's like Kate. As soon as that gate cracks, she's like. We're ready. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. (laughs) So, yeah, no, it was amazing to never actually hit my knee. I thought I was going to lose a leg a couple times. But (laughs) Jay's poor little Dave, he ended up having to save the day quite a few times. Definitely. I can't believe that he ended up living through the NFR alley for all 10 rounds. <laughs> that seems like a shark tank in the NFR alley. Cause yeah, like, or is that even a thought? Like, do you even think like, oh shit, that pole there? Or is it just like, you don't even think about that pole? You're just heading in there. Mm, I definitely think about the pole. Because <laughs> at least you have from the pole to the arena. Yeah. To think about that you're over it and you've made it through and I just send but, off. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Think about your run. I definitely mm-hmm. have held my breath a time or two watching. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So you talked a little bit mm-hmm. about your, your game plan going into the NFR, but start to finish, um, did it change at all? Because by the no, end, you no. knew you were average, you were, your average championship was getting real close. Then. Yeah. Yeah. Dave definitely had to let me know that we, we ended up winning it. Um, he's a calculator pretty much. I was trying to go do our honest run every single time, um, do our job each time. He, he would let me know after each run, and the last one was when he was doing the heel clicker, so I knew that I had won it. So. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> I feel oh, like we were watching. I feel like we were watching you go, and it must have been like the last run or the second last run, and we're like, "Oh, she's gonna play it safe because like the average is yeah. in the bag," and like the second barrel like almost. Tips oh, we over. died. Yeah. We're like that sitting, was... or just brushed it. Yeah, kind of. it's like, oh my god. Yeah, that was like the first day that I started coming back to life, that I started to actually feel like I could ride again. And really? Wasn't dying. Oh, right. So, and that. <laughs> Oh, man. I remember, oh, yeah. yeah, we were actually at Steph H's house and we were screaming at the TV. We were like, no! Oh, she's good! She, like, as if you could hear us. <laughs> we how, were cheering. Yeah. How loud does it get in that arena? Because we can't, you can't tell from TV, but it must get pretty darn loud. Oh, there, it's right? so loud. So that's why a lot of those horses get anxiety is because it's so loud in that tunnel and they make oh, us yeah. wait there for like 15 yeah. minutes before. In so line. it's oh, blaring. Yeah. It's blaring in their ears the whole time, and it Rip, like, talks with her ears, so if anything's irritating with her ears, she gets kind of mad, and that's what was irritating her the most was the sound. Um, so that last run, you can see, if you watched it, you can see me, I don't know if you can see it in the alley, but I was I had to actually hold her ears down, because she would never let me put earplugs in or anything, so I held her ears back, and yeah. she totally was quiet that round, and that was her best round. Oh, really? Because I kept her calm. Oh, wow. <laughs> yeah. So, so that, it's a lot of a lot of noise. Yeah, I bet. Um, so that 15 minutes while you're waiting there, are you standing beside her then? You're not sitting on her? Oh, I did all sorts of ways. Oh. I did every way. <laughs> it's a little, I, I did stand a couple times, but it was a little wild getting back on. So I was like, oh, oh yes, just one yeah. time I'm not going to get back on. So I just stayed on her and Davis would keep her relaxed and that was the biggest thing is just trying to keep yourself body grounded and relaxed so that she wasn't too anxiety but yeah, yeah that sure. noise it was the noise is hard and then they also have 
the that chariot that wagon that runs around they run by you all the queens run by you everything so mm-hmm. you're like having to stand with all these horses that are going crazy and then um, they're watching each horse leave and run hard as they can through that gate mm-hmm. so they, they start anticipating it too so yeah yeah, it's a lot of high energy going on there yeah yeah. did you have a big cheering squad there? oh yeah there was, my whole, there was a lot of my family that came and um, a ton of my High school girlfriends came. That's awesome. <laughs> so that was pretty neat. Um, lots of friends from Texas and stuff came a lot. So, yeah, there was quite a few. And it was funny because we started doing really good once Canada Day hit and we knew that all of our Canadian friends were there. So, how did you feel after that last run when you knew that you won the average? From what I've heard, this has been a lifetime goal for you. Um, I felt amazing, like very accomplished. Yeah. And um, right away, I wanted to do it all over again. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> it's like, uh, yeah, and another one is to be happy to be done with Vegas for a little while. <laughs> <laughs> I know, especially with <laughs> being like sick. like 16 days or <laughs> in Vegas, whatever it was, a long time. Uh, that is a long time, so. I guess. <laughs> yeah, and um, we always went to Laird to like do like the world tours and stuff like where we did that um, that barrel race that they have there. We did that the couple of years before, and so we had never done this whole sixteen days of having to do all of it for the sponsors and the WPRA and the NFR. So there's a lot of days that you're there for, mm-hmm. but yeah, it was definitely worth it. It's been a lifetime goal, so. Um, I know there was a lot of happy guardian angels as well. Mm-hmm. A lot uh-huh. of help. Yeah. We were really, yeah, we can't wait to see you back there. That's for sure. <laughs> I can't wait to be back out there. Mmm. <laughs> <laughs> What's that smell? It doesn't smell like horse poop for once. That's Equifuse. It gives healthy, strong, and shiny coats and manes and tails in just one bath. And trust me, it works. I used it just once and it helped me pick up a bull rider. <laughs> <laughs> trust us, guys. In all seriousness, this is an amazing product. If you use the code HORSEPORT10 at checkout, you'll receive a discount. Now enjoy the rest of this episode. So we're going to move into a little bit of feeding, training, and uh, maybe a breeding program. So we're going to start this section off. We actually had Emma and Carly both asked um, out on our Instagram. We asked some questions, just what you might want to ask an NFR qualifier. And they'd like to know a little bit about your basic feeding or supplement regime that you use on your competition horses. Well, the biggest thing is I use Lifeline. Um, They have a lot of different feeds, grains that you can feed. I usually use their Equicale. It's a high-fat, low-sugar, low-starch feed. Um, I like that for pretty much all my horses. Another is my supplements. I go to Equine Fit, which they they help a lot with any digestive, um, gastric, just to prepare for anything, even while on this road or through training and stresses and keeps a healthy gut. Um and, of course, the Zestera, that this helps even with the lactic acid so that your horses feel good, um, stay eating and 
House of Altars as well. Elite 3 is another one that I stick with um, for top line, like to keep weight on. Um, it's a hemp fiber, so I use that a lot too. Those are the basic, basic ones that I stick with for my colts, even getting them to grow up and mature in their body. And then, yeah. Perfect. Those are the four basic ones that I carry on with. Um, so do you have any other feeds or supplements that you might add for competitive horses with more specific needs? Uh, well, the equine fit has a whole lot of tons of different things like to pinpoint what your horses are needing. Um, I stick with their product a lot. Mm-hmm. Uh, their spirit horse, herbs for horses is really good for bleeders. I like their bleeding formula. Okay. Um, then the just the yeah, those are probably the only two that I really like. I don't. I try to stay away from feeding a whole ton of stuff, but mm-hmm. you can get carried away if you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> like even really the winter, it, it can get confusing. That's yeah. for sure. There's a lot of stuff out there. Mm-hmm. The more yeah, simple, I like keep even it. just right now. Like I took my horses. I try to take my horses off everything so they can clean. Okay. Clean, clean up before, like while they have some time off, mm-hmm. and then I'll start bringing them back, putting them back on stuff before they start getting to work really hard and um, developing all that that acid in the stomach. So mm-hmm. just prep before. They start getting too stressed. So starting with your training program, uh, what does it look like there from untouched Colts? Do you guys start them from scratch? Yeah, we start them from scratch. So I do a lot of the like groundwork and then I nowadays have too many horses and too many responsibilities, so I don't do the first rides okay. <laughs> anymore. <laughs> I used I used to when I was younger, but um, or else I have good friends that will come over and we'll just have a play day with the colt oh, <laughs> and yeah. they'll get on. Yeah. <laughs> and then we carry on with just, um, yeah, just doing the sacking out and all that and getting them to used to every last thing and just being relaxed and trusting you is the biggest thing so that they can be comfortable in your presence. So. so do you have certain steps you like to go through to make sure they are getting all the basics? Yeah, so just, like, make sure you're able to brush them, like, get them to pick up their feet and do all, do that, and then carry on with uh, the saddles and um, getting them used to being under saddle and in the round pen and doing long lines and just getting them used to a bit and then carry on to getting on the first rise and go off of every step, but it's quite the process, so I can't really teach it over the phone. <laughs> yeah, for sure. <laughs> yeah. There's, there's definitely a step to each one of them just to get, make sure that they've got all the fundamentals mm-hmm. and you haven't missed steps is the biggest thing. Yeah. So when do you transition? It's having to go backwards. Yeah, yeah that's exactly. true. Yeah. <laughs> so, so when do you transition from the fundamentals to actually putting them on the pattern? Um, I really just try to get to know each horse quite a bit if, Ride them out a lot too. Like I'll ride them out in the mountains for a bit and let them be a horse and figure them out and how I need to teach them to their style as well. Um, it doesn't take, like I'll play with them on the pattern 
a little bit just even just to show them to see if they'll even lock onto a barrel or like where they're going to be at to train them because each horse is a little bit different like I have one right now you can go around a barrel and it acts like it's done it its whole life when it doesn't have a clue what it's doing <laughs> so it, and then you get some that don't even want to go 10 feet near a barrel so you're going to have to take a different uh, you to try and teach them a different way so every horse is a little bit different so mm-hmm. it just depends on playing around with them each day so they kind of go at it all the time. It's just not like they get shown a pattern every single day. Yeah. I'll play with them a couple times, maybe a month at the most mm-hmm. when I'm just bringing them on. And then if they feel like they're ready and they want a job, then I'll just go after it. So you might have kind of already answered this one because it sounds like each horse is an individual and it might all depend on each horse. But say you want a futurity a horse, when do you typically... What at what age do you generally start exhibitioning? Well, that's kind of hard in my situation. A lot of trainers will be different, but they usually have more time. So mine get as soon as I can start hauling them, I start going out. Um, yeah. As soon as there's a hole in the trailer, though, I'll start taking them. And just I don't really care what anyone else thinks while I'm doing the pattern and what my goals are out there. So. If I go out there and trot the pattern, it's fine. Um, they, the more I can get them out, the farther along they're going to be when I do start entering them. So, even that last uh, last year, 2019, I took a col- some colts down to Texas with me and just brought them along for the ride. And, and when I had a chance to practice, I'd throw them out there in the pattern just to get them to see all those things. So, it's generally it just if you can be ahead of it as a three and four year old, you're way ahead. Mm-hmm. Even if you can do like they're doing it as two year olds down there, but yeah, my two year old didn't even started because there's so many other ones. Yeah, <laughs> they've got thirty days on them. Yeah. I feel like those horses yeah. are just like born earlier and they're bigger than our horses up here too, or something. I don't know. Yeah. Warm weather, the cold stunts them. Yeah. 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 They probably have a little more help. Too. Yeah. yeah, it's scientific. Yeah. Just kidding. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, and that's another thing. Like, I've always believed in running mine as a five-year-old, but I also aim to have rodeo horses, not just yeah, wore down maturity horses. Yeah, longevity. What do you prefer in a horse when it comes to running styles? Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, so my biggest, I like like a lower head set. I want them to like follow their nose. Uh, as soon as you say, well, I want them to get back on their hind end. Um, being very responsive. I like, uh, I don't really like a dead sided horse. I don't want a high headed horse. Mm-hmm. Um, and the hugest thing is having a very, very trying and big heart. Yeah. They need to have a, they need to have some try in them. Uh, quirk, usually a good, good sign that they have uh, <laughs> have <laughs> their uh, they, got, they have a little go there yeah. <laughs> they have a little attitude to go towards it also yeah. Um, yeah sometimes you can have quiet ones who will do it but the ones that have uh, a little spice to them usually go a little farther mm-hmm. <laughs> or faster at least yeah that's yeah. true <laughs> so are you drawn uh, towards a certain bloodline that tends to run in those styles um, I kind of stick with ones that I've had a lot of success with. Like, um, I had a lot of success when I was young with War Easy Jet. 
horses. Uh, they, I won, I won Canada actually when I was on the paternity when I was 18 on one, and he was amazing. He, he was so honest with anything I asked. Um, I love the honest ones that aren't cheaty. No, um, the French, French Cuba guy is another one I love, obviously. I have as many as I can. (laughs) 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 Um, (laughs) I haven't really stayed from them for a while. So I have quite a few. They're hard for me to part with. (laughs) And then I also love my cow horses. Like, I don't know. I've always had to learn off of my, like, I had to train all my dad's rope horses growing up. So. That's all I had the option to ride, so I like I like that feel when you have a cow or cow horse cross with a barrel barrel line, so they can be hunt hunting barrels pretty easy. Mm-hmm. So speaking of different styles, when you're running more than one horse and they are different styles, how do you adjust? Well, this is not my favorite thing to do, and I'm not that great <laughs> at it, but. <laughs> <laughs> um, you did kind of tell us about that earlier <laughs> and why you made it so Yeah, <laughs> I do love to just really get into one, the way one horse is running um, so I can give them 110% of my their ability and really be with them, their, their style. Um, but I've been able to do it multiple times too, run a Paturity and Derby horse and win them both. So they, it's been this, you have to be able to get off of one and pretty much shake it off and get and remember the next horse's style to be able to run them their way too. So some people can just do the exact same thing on each horse and it's fine, but I feel like I try to get in tune with each horse's style. Mm-hmm. You need to get in the zone for each one. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. But that's the thing with me. I like to ride them and learn them, learn each one of them. So mm-hmm. you have to be not in their way and let them you have to trust that they're going to work too yeah and I think like and they have to they have to have the right fundamentals and the right training mm-hmm. as well so and when it comes to running them like I think muscle memory plays a lot so if you're switching oh, it time. up all and the time <laughs> exactly yeah. so that's why like when you do I do a lot of repetition and okay. the horses know my exact cues so mm-hmm so, like, when you're doing that, do you do a lot just walking and trotting and keeping yourself in position? Yes, yeah, so I do a lot of a lot of that, just walking and trotting. So they can they're gonna learn way more when you're going slow. Mm-hmm. Uh, when you're going fast and you're just running, there's so much adrenaline. They're not. Yeah. It's no different than us going out there and being like, "Huh, I don't even remember what I did that whole yeah, run." <laughs> so no if you can break it down and keep it slow, they're gonna learn every oh. little. You that you do out there, yeah, and your movement and body shifting, and yeah, yeah. So. so, what do you do for yourself to continue learning? Do you ever take clinics, or do you just ride with other pros and learn from each other? Um, when I was younger, I took some clinics, or a lot of the time I've lived with a lot of different people and worked underneath them, and I grew. Now, at this point in life, I just ride a lot with other pros, and we yeah. just learn from each other. And, um, you're always around. You just put yourself in those situations to be able to be around everyone and learn mm-hmm. from Everyone's got something to teach you, so yeah. just be open to learning. Mm-hmm. So, and then another thing is, is ride a thousand, thousands and thousands of horses. Yeah. They are going <laughs> to teach you so much yeah. more. 
So yeah, that's <laughs> awesome. if you can listen to them and learn from the, the bad yeah. and the good. So be able to, that's all I have. I did was a lot of different horses. Mm-hmm. So. And you teach clinics as well. Like, you probably learn even just from teaching other people and their horses. Yeah, like, it's really neat to see every last. And that's what I try to encourage, like, when people are in my clinics. So, like, I don't like to do groups because I want them to all watch every last one of them so that they can actually see what they're going through as well, even if they don't have to go through it, but they're watching other people go through it. Mm -hmm. So it's really good that way for them just to be able to see all of the, the good and the bad. Mm-hmm. And like what we, how we solve the stuff, and yeah. So it's not just what just what they're just dealing with in that second. Yeah, it's, they can read or be there to watch all of it. Mm-hmm. So we can always learn from watching and as well as asking questions. So we're going to dive right into some questions from our listeners. Our first one is from Cassie. She would like to know when do you pull your horse off feed and water before a run. Mine's three hours out. Yeah. I've always stuck three hours out. It gives them enough time to digest quite a bit. Um, I don't, if I'm running, like, in the morning, I won't give them a whole bunch of feed. Um, I'll feed them three hours out, and then if I have to, like, I'll feed them after. If it's mm-hmm. not, like, if it's pretty early. Um, if I didn't get to have their full breakfast. And then, yeah, it just it helps them to be able to, not have so much water weight either, so kind of helps with like the bleeding. Um, we actually had a couple questions that weren't on the sheet, but they just popped in today, and they're kind of both related to budget. Um, a couple people actually we we said same thing. What would you like to ask an NFR qualifier? And um, one of them was, or a couple of them were, what might the fuel be fuel bill be <laughs> for a year of rodeoing? And another one was, what's the cost of of rodeoing for a year to be able to to get to the NFR. I don't know if you can actually answer any either. Or do we or even want to know? Well, like, I yeah, we say, might get like, scared. <laughs> I don't know. I want to say like, oh, so hard because it all depends <laughs> on the maintenance of your horse That's, and yeah. the vehicle you're driving and like say sixty thousand. Mm-hmm. I want to say yeah. <laughs> to get there. A if, if things are going good, like as for me, like I went to the NFR. <laughs> I got halfway to fishing there, and some of them, my truck broke down, and I needed to pay oh, 20000 no. Oh, my goodness. When I was going to the NFR. Oh, like, my. I didn't even get my truck back. I went into the NFR worried about money, and I didn't get my truck back until after the NFR. So. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> oh, my. <laughs> oh, you made yeah. enough money at the NFR yeah. to <laughs> yeah. fix the truck. Yeah. The truck. <laughs> Probably gonna uh, buy a new one. So, yeah, you just <laughs> never really know. There's so many unexpected. Yeah. Um, the least of your worries is interviews. Yeah, yeah, probably. The the maintenance, the vet bills, the like stuff like that. Just you just need to be prepared and have preparation for your horses, so they stay feeling great and you're ahead of the game rather than trying to pick one back up and getting it back on the road. So Mm -hmm. that's the biggest thing. Well, it's Um, 2020. And then, yeah, yeah, that's another thing. This year it might be different because like the the qualifications are so much different. I mean, I have a chance to even read through it yet because mm-hmm. I've been so busy with other stuff but this year yeah I don't know 
who knows because I know they have lots of qualifiers and stuff to get to yeah. to be able to even get and that's another thing like if you're going to the winter rodeos you're jumping back and forth a lot mm-hmm. if you don't enter correctly or get your days correctly you're going from one and they're like usually a month long or a few weeks long so you go back to those spots a few times yeah within that month so it's it's a lot but Canada it's not that bad Canada I would love just to stay in Canada for <laughs> probably this year I'm going to stay in Canada and then We'll see where next year brings, but yeah, um, yeah, Canada's not too. Uh, I want to say, oh, probably about thirty thousand. It's hard again because I'm from BC, so yeah. Alberta yeah, probably don't pay near as much. So. Yeah, yeah. But <laughs> at least it's just BC and Alberta, or like mostly Alberta. Yeah, exactly. I guess, yeah. You kind mm-hmm. of are in the same. And then you can radius. you can do it. You can do it cheap. Like my name used to be Carmen Niederreit, so. <laughs> because I've never ever had a break. Really? <laughs> you can split cost. You just need a teleport so, machine and everything. Yeah. So it just all depends on how how you want to do it. Like if you can find a good challenge partner that you can uh, stick with and is positive and helps you get through it all, and uh, you guys go together well, you can yeah. save so much money. Yeah, that's another thing. So. You can get in a truck full of girls, and it's mm-hmm. fine. But it's like, it gets cheap that way. Yeah, it's true. when you're trying to train courses and taking a bunch with you, and making you like even with me and Jace, like it's you have different goals. So you kind of have to make sure you get both covered. So mm-hmm. it gets costly that way. Yeah, but yeah. So Rhonda asked another question: What are your equipment must-haves and preferences? Mm. Must have is a good pa- saddle pad, a good saddle. Mm. Saddle that, like, I like my biggest thing with the woodies. I absolutely love the way they sit you. So you can actually have, you can be behind and, like, be able to sit back and have your feet forward. They sit you really nicely mm-hmm. so that you can ride well during your runs. Um, smooth bits. Like good built bits, I can't handle a bit that bites your horse. Um, like I don't know, I was learning from Rip. She is so sensitive in the mouth, so you can't be, you can't be. You need to have like each one has to have a mouth guard. She's just a princess oh. that way. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so if she had a bad built bit, it was it would be a mess. She would not want to work for you. Um, yeah. You need to have something smooth that way. Um, uh, it just depends on your hands. Like another thing for bits, like everyone's gonna have a different favorite bit, so mm-hmm. you just have to find those and how you're how you uh, ride with your hands too. So you can't really recommend every person is a little bit different. Yeah. Do you have like mm-hmm. a favorite bit maker? Um, I really love David Elliott's mm-hmm. bits and the Carrie Kelly's. Okay. They're really nice. Yeah. Awesome. So Danica wants to know what has been your hardest challenge and how have you overcome it? Um, what has, here, hang on, sorry. <laughs> My biggest challenge. Um, that's a hard one. I think the biggest challenge of my career would be having to sell horses to keep going and having to make another one yeah. every single time. That was a lot of trying to get to my main goals. Um, 
you get to a point where you need to sell one to be able to keep going, well, you better have another one made so that you can yeah. keep going on that one. That That's the only thing that kind of sucks, not coming from money or having to work your butt off to even yeah. be able to keep going in this career. Another thing is, is the time. Like You kind of have to shut down work. Like I used to work so many jobs. Well, the only way you can get any better with this is putting it eat, sleep, like 24-7, you're living barrel racing, so mm-hmm. it's hard to have a, a job that way, but people can do it if you don't have... My my issue is that I have a huge herd and breeding program. Everything's right out front, so I can't really go do the twenty like the 9 to 5s anymore. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So money, it's harder nowadays to get through with, with anything, like buying a house, all of it. It's gotten so expensive nowadays, so... Yeah. Make sure you prep before you leave the yard that you have enough so you're not going out there stressed out about money. Mm-hmm. So yeah, just be, Sorry, go ahead. Yeah, it's be open about having stepping stones and make sure you have your, them all covered before you get out there. <laughs> yeah, they say you never really want to be riding for your rent because that can just cause a whole no. other stress. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, some people are really good at, it, good at it and they feed off of it and some people are at it, so... <laughs> Depends if you work good at I've been there with $20 yeah. in my account before. It, so. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah. Ah, another question. Sarah asked, how do you handle a horse with a soft mind? With a soft mouth? Soft, oh, soft mind. mind. Mm-hmm. Um, so you just have to, you have to be very quiet and not, and not pick fights. Like the biggest thing is to, realize that you need to be fair to him. Maybe he's ahead of you and you uh, need to go down like and realize that you don't have to be that hard on that horse. They might be quick quick learners. So um, give them an honest chance to work rather than getting after them. Perfect. So another thing is you can teach them vocally so that you're not so hard on them. Like okay. I try to teach the teach the girls to talk to your horse more than having to pull on your horse. Mm-hmm. Um, stay soft and appreciate that they are an animal willing to give us their whole heart. Mm-hmm. So. That's good. Um, Jenna had a question on the mental game side of things. How do you keep a positive mindset when life makes you take a break from riding? Oh, that's a hard one. I <laughs> I've been out a few times and I used to question my poor, um, my cousin before. I'm like, how did you make it through this so many times? And sure enough, it's biggest thing is you have to sit back and, I don't know, life throws a lot of stuff at us. And mm-hmm. you got to sit back and think of the things, like what you're, what you're dealing with at that time, what will help you carry on. Like if you're out because of an injury and you need to be able to be thinking of being positive and getting back, um, reading books, building habits while you're sitting there not able to ride, um, or even family issues. If you're um, having to stay healthy, like have a healthy living, stay positive. And you have to think, like, you can't let your horses get behind either. You're going to have to think of how to keep them in shape and remember that they are relying on us too, even when we are down. Uh, so that when we are ready to step back into the arena, that everything's in, in line for us to just carry back on with it. Um, I know I've been out with injuries before and I've had to get out there 
or else have someone exercising my horses or just like set up like I had Jace have to set up a round pen so I could just stand there and lunge my horse mm-hmm. until it was in shape so that when I was ready to get back on they were going to be ready yeah um, biggest thing is positive thinking energy keeping yourself grounded um, life is hard so the mental game is a lot to do with the sport so you have to stay positive that way if you can read some good books there's lots of good books out there to keep it going mm-hmm, mm-hmm. so you can get farther ahead too I love that advice. And positive yeah. people. Downtime. Yeah. Put, put it to good use. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's all in the plan, right? Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Like, you can't, you don't just need to stop just because one thing's stopping us. Like, keep on prepping. There's other ways of prepping for it. So, you can mm-hmm. be ahead in another area. So, same as being in shape. Like, if something, think of a different way. Like, if your legs out, keep your at your core going. Like, there's always different ways of doing it. Mm-hmm. Or your arms. Yeah. Well, you previously said that this is an 80% mental game. Um, so what is your pre-run ritual to get mentally focused before a run? No caffeine. That's the number one rule for me. No caffeine. <laughs> I cannot do caffeine. So caffeine will mess it right up. <laughs> um, good sleep. Like that's another thing. And yeah. clear mind. Like I have a lady that goes through me like mentally for energy work and stuff just to keep me grounded too if I get wound too tight through life um, she helps me out a lot there's just healthy eating is a huge thing too it's all to be able to have a healthy mind um, a lot of what we are putting in ourselves is toxicity so that will cause a lot of mental game issues too so and be confident in what we've what we've been teaching and training for the years that we've been doing it be confident in what you're training so you know that you've done that work correctly and you have faith in what you've been doing so so what do you do to get right in the zone like like hours before but then also maybe a couple minutes before um definitely just make sure that I I'm thinking about barrel racing and not life so make sure you get into the zone that way. Um, minus out all the outside things going on. We're at the rodeo or at the sale race, and that's what we need to be focusing on, not on our other stresses in life. Yeah. Um, get Make sure your horse is feeling like your horse is going to feel any of the stuff that you're throwing on them. So if you can be not so stressed out, then your horse is going to be able to be quiet and relaxed too. Um, they feel everything that we go through. So another thing is, deep breath, like really get the oxygen in your body so you can actually think and be in the zone at that time. So at events that have them available, do you do time onlys and are they more for you to get in the zone or for the horse? So for futurities and stuff, it's good to get them around. Like I like to get them around so that they can feel because every ground's a bit different, right? Mm-hmm. So your horse can be confident going into that ground and they know which how they're able to work and stay standing on there. Um, we can help them a little bit. Too. Another is if you feel like your horse has a weak with a different angle or something like that, just remember to go down to the basics and get around the, around the barrels. And not, I try not to like overdo getting them looking at, at all the banners and stuff. I want them to focus on those barrels. So, 
if they need to go like around um, banners on the barrels, that's another thing. Get used to them if we do have a chance to get around that. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't have a whole. I don't do a whole bunch of time always, but it's, I feel like if I'm going to drive somewhere, I might as well enter. Mm-hmm. So that's my biggest thing. It's usually a three to five B, so they always have a chance to make money back. You might as well get out there and just season them. Yeah, for sure. So, so when training and seasoning Colts, what are some of the things you tell yourself to stay calm at a bigger jackpot and to run your own race? So, uh, my biggest thing is just to remember your main goal for that day. Like when you're going out there, I have a goal. It could be to open those horses barrels up, or it could be to get them to run to that first row. Like I just need to remember that goal that you're going on. You can't go in there with 10 different goals and, try and get all that. You need to have a clear mind on what you're trying to aim for that day. Um, so just remember that that we have to take this stepping stones to get to the top too. Um, it's all a learning curve and how to teach those horses to be solid and, and confident in what we're doing to keep it kind of simple that way. Mm-hmm. So that was Colts. Does anything differ when you're um, at the top of the game with Rip going down the alley at the Thomas and Mac, trying to keep yourself focused and calm? Um, no, same thing. I just want to leave him with like, the NFR. Like I'm gonna, my main goal is to go around those barrels mm-hmm. and to get make sure she has honest chance to get a time. So, to, and we're not adding five five seconds to her time yeah. that's not going to help us out so yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah the biggest thing was to get her to those points that she needs to be getting to and me riding correctly and staying out of her way so that she's able to work underneath me um yeah you just have to remember to give your horse and yourself that almost chance every single time you go down that arena i remember judy milner teaching me that when i was younger just uh, go into each each arena with uh, sending your horse down there as if they're going to work perfect. So mm-hmm. don't hold on to things. Mm-hmm. Switching from trainer mode to jockey mode, <laughs> I think, is a big thing. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You need to remember that you've done the training at home. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so everyone we learn from and every horse we ride, whether good or bad, plays a part into who we are today and who we are as barrel racers. Are there any horses you've learned from or situations you've been in that you know have played a very significant role for you? So I've learned a lot from a lot of the people I've lived with. Uh, there's been many families that I went and lived with and learned from. I've, one was the Nugent. I went and stayed at the Nugent for a long time there. Mark and Randa, they push for everything they've got. They're very determined. Um, he taught me a lot of determination. And uh, another is mind control. Um, Mark's amazing, very strong uh, in the mind, and obviously it's helped him a lot through calf roping too. Um, another one is Shelly Shaw. She's helped me a lot. Um, just being a very honest, solid, and giving yourself an honest chance. Mm-hmm. through life and never thinking that you can't do the best that the best can be done um there another was monica wilson i lived with her for a long time and she taught you just dedication so 
you had to be out there every single day. If you went and had fun, you better be ready to work harder the next morning. Yeah. <laughs> so, no, uh, no slacking. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Judy Milimaki was one. She was, she was one of the clinics I went to when I was younger. She wanted to quit, quit listening to the birdies on the fence and be confident <laughs> what you knew. That's a good <laughs> one. Everyone, yeah. wants to have, everyone wants to have a little victory in there. Mm-hmm. So. They won't be the ones that have taught you. Um, yeah. And a lot of horses, like I've done many, many, many security horses. They've taught me a lot going through their different stages. Like every single state, you see them grow, and that's the biggest thing that teaches you to be a better rider is being able to let them blossom even as they get older and let them form into their style themselves. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, they do need us to be able to help them when they're younger and um, get them to those stages where they can be confident, but it's the biggest thing is quit training at one point and let them actually show them what they what they have. Mm-hmm. So I've had um, Smokum. He was a really neat maturity horse around for a long time. He did he did wonders in the maturities, and uh, he was a hard one at the beginning now too. He was a bronchi and got sold and came back to me, and then we ended up winning. A ton of the facilities. And oh, wow. I told the people that they did, that he wasn't ready to go anywhere, and they insisted on on wanting to have him. But oh. anyway, he came back to me, and it was pretty hard. We got to do our victories anyway. So it was awesome, and I got him back. Um, he carried on and took a lot of girls to national college finals and high school. He's he still going down across the line, and then he uh, was reserve champion for the. As well, and um, see that she is the four-year-old that I made nationals on in high school rodeo, but I don't take them because I was obviously uneducated and too young. I didn't know. I didn't think that I was, it was fair to take a four-year-old on the road that far to Wyoming and stuff. So we didn't go. Um, and then so I've learned a ton just through the travels and stuff and what the horses can do and how to look after them obviously correctly since mm-hmm. since I was young. Um, so the miles and experience too, it teaches you a ton. Yeah. The families and the rodeo family that you go through or even the barrel racing world, like there's so many of them that are out there. So just be open to letting, letting them in and learning from everyone. Mm-hmm. For sure. Level up, be better, be stronger. Man, I thought we were doing something funny. That's not funny. You want funny? I want I want to jump out of my seat. Oh, I heard horseport is the code you got to use when you go to level up apparel and you get the hats we do. <laughs> oh my god, I love it. It gets the people going. Anyways, guys, if you see us on Instagram, see us on Facebook, just know that if you use the hor- the, the code HORSEPOOR at Level Up Apparel, you'll get a discount code on your hats, your jackets, your vests, your sweaters, your t-shirts. Anyways, I hope you like our wrap and enjoy the rest of this episode. So before we kind of move into our final section of your future plans and goals, since the American is approaching and we know you've made an appearance there, um, could you tell us a little bit about that experience and if you think that uh, going back is a goal of yours? Um, yes, I do. I love the American. That's probably one of my favorite rodeos. Oh, yeah, um, yeah it's, it's pretty neat. Um, 
I would like to go. I like how the new the way they did it this year. I would like to run on that new pattern that they've done. Um, it's such a neat atmosphere. It's like even doing the qualifier was really cool. Like going through the qualification style as well, rather than just making it to the NFR. Mm-hmm. Um, but it was neat to just run in that the little arena there at uh, Fort Worth, and then running into the actual the final round at Dallas there. Yeah. Um, I don't know. It's, it's an amazing. It's, it is an amazing experience to go there, and the amount of money you're able to run for. It's just neat to have those opportunities nowadays. Mm-hmm. That they're bringing that into them, and it's even neat that they're bringing the breakaway into it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that's sure. a, How did you qualify? So much more. How did you qualify? Carry on. for those ones. Was it through a qualifier or through um, like invites from your successes at other rodeos? Um. I qualified the first year I qualified um, through winning Canada. So, yeah, winning Canada makes you, you get in automatically to the um, qualifier finals or the semifinals is what it is. And then then you have to go through that. You go through those runs and then you get into the main finals. Um, That was that was when I was running RIP. And then the last year, I won when you're in the top 12. Um, at the, I think it was top 12 or top 15. I can't remember. Uh, the NFR, you get into the American as well. Okay. Oh, okay. So do you... Are so, you... But you get automatically straight into the, the finals mm-hmm. if you go to the NFR. <laughs> I went last year. I ended up running... It was, I didn't even know which horse I was running until the, that morning of oh, the American. Really? Yeah, I was planning on running uh I was planning on running behind me and she got a little hot because the fire the torches went off when I was oh. in my practice run. Oh, and no. she was just came unglued. So it was too much that's when I ran Jack, which the two of them felt amazing, so it was very hard for me to run one or the other or pick. So then that pretty much made my, made up made them land. Yeah, <laughs> that's when Jack and I didn't have a whole bunch of time to get the yard either. So we only had a couple of weeks that we got the ride. I think I got the ride on. So. <laughs> oh no! I remember I made my whole family watch that. Actually, I streamed it. We were at a family dinner. <laughs> we were watching it at my yeah. grandma's house, and then I remember watching you. It must have been the year before. You made it really far, and you were having very nice runs. But there was uh, a third. I run. know, and yes. that's why I was like making sure that I made it to the NFR or made it the American again because I had revenge on that last girl and yeah. I didn't get the run rip. I was so sad. Damn. Oh no. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So we're going to have to go back again. Yep. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. So we all know you have a nice little stallion by French's Hula Guy. Can you give us a story on him and, and about your current breeding program? So he came yeah, he came to me through I got him off of Jody uh, Newdorf which I was obviously fell in love with the Hula guys and thinking I was going to need one for a lifer. Yep. So it's uh, <laughs> easy because I'd be very sad if Hula guy passed away and I didn't have any way of having his lines. So right. that's why I grabbed him. Um, and I've always loved the streak of fling. I love Sarah Rose, Rose's horse, such bling. Um, so he has been pretty neat. He's actually, <laughs> I've had him since he was a yearling and... I started him like we 
wrote him bear back and then we threw the saddle on we've done everything and he's been like super chill through everything could not care about any of it this year he's gotten to realize that he's a stud and he's getting, <laughs> he's getting better um he's growing up he's really sick he's uh we want to be able to, he came with me to arizona actually last year so he traveled a bit with me too um we've just been getting him ready for the futurities this year like how i'm gonna aim to have him for we'll see i'm hoping he's ready for may um i've been behind a little bit because i've had so many outside horses but i think we can catch up here soon because it's been getting nice out now mm-hmm. um i need to get jackpotting them i know everyone else has already been jackpotting their horses but yeah i'm aiming to have him hopefully ready for may and oh, then for sure at least for the super stakes mm-hmm. where he'll be going and then yeah He's, I have a, some babies actually out of him as well. I have one two-year-old out of him because I bred him as a two-year-old. Okay. And so he's coming. Oh, I was. He's out of a bully bullion mare. He's really nice too. So there's some right. I sort of do it so that there's some coming up right behind him as well. And then the, I try to get one one a year out of them. I don't need, like, I'm to the point that I don't need extra horses right now. I have <laughs> yeah, so many. Sure. <laughs> so, yeah, I have a, I have one a year as well. But, yeah, there's been people breeding to him the last few years and lots of colors been coming out of him and uh, he's got an amazing mind and his disposition there. And then I think I read somewhere that you had a program where you could actually purchase embryos from RIP. Could you tell us a little bit more about that and if that's still being offered? Yeah, we, it's, been, um, it's been really good. We started that last year. Uh, my, one of my vets and I decided to go ahead on that while she was off for a little bit. And I actually had some time at home, finally. Uh, it was, we tried it the year before, but it was too hard with running. Like, mm-hmm. we would try and then I'd have to leave and then track and leave and the, it wouldn't work but when I was actually at home and in Canada it's way easier um, I was successful got one out of her last year and uh, so I will be getting hopefully fingers crossed at a healthy fold this spring cool. um, nice. it'll be yeah and the bread her to slick by design so oh, can't wait to get yeah. that baby oh, that's gonna be awesome <laughs> yeah <laughs> Yeah, it was pretty neat. It was pretty neat because I actually had gotten a picture of uh, her and Slick before I even ever thought about it at Benahor. Oh. And then I was like, last spring, I was like, oh, maybe that's what I should do. And I would definitely, while she had time off, I was like, okay, let's do this. And yeah. Now we ended up getting one over. This year, I'm going to have, I'm going to put it out there to probably do one. I'm just going to do one, I think. I'll sell one. Um, the biggest thing is that once the tour rodeos and stuff go, I'll be running her again. So I don't want to be trapped down. So, yeah, I might offer one out there for this year. But that's about it. It's still up there. And it's going to be going here on out to yeah. have it every spring. So, yeah, there's options for that. Cool. It's pretty neat to be able to, like, you can clone horses and stuff. But why clone them when it's not a gelding? So, we yeah. can just... Yeah have her reproduce them yeah <laughs> yeah so are the are the eggs best like do you just kind of do it on demand or do you keep some frozen type deal can you do that no we actually do it a whole different way my vet quinn gavaga he's from cash creek here and uh 
tells Ripple to go stay at his place, and he will he'll inseminate her, and then take the egg out that's been fertilized, and then put it into another man. Oh, okay. And they have to be like synchronized in their cycles, right? Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. But he's got a ton of recent marriage and everything, okay. so he's been very successful with this. The way he's doing it, um, yeah, he's done it for quite a few people now, and uh, got quite a few on his. And he like he's kept the the he can do he can keep the marriage right there and do all the Medicare. And so it's it's pretty neat the program he's building a repro center like he's got it pretty much built right now, mm-hmm. um, and that's what he specializes in. So he's done all my breeding for years and. Was very successful for me. Mm-hmm. Was getting everything bred and having good, healthy babies. So. Yeah. And it's like he. So the mayor. That's where Rip and the saddle stay. They stand usually right at Charles Charlie Ranch Reproduction Center. Oh, nice. So, what are your 2020 so, barrel plans? My 2020 barrel plans are to go. To the tour rodeo, like so, Rip's obviously going to have a limit on where she's running, and then Lulu, she's picking up and she's coming along really nice too. So she'll be running a little more when I get out and pick up the slack for Rip. And then um, our biggest thing is trying to get through this year of building the house. So as many rodeos I can get to, I want to make it to the CFR and try and show these paturity horses as well. Mm-hmm. So I have three paturity horses coming too, so the biggest thing is to get those ones done and show the stud and get Rip. I want to bring Rip back slowly so she doesn't have to go everywhere, see how she handles this whole year, and then um, see where next year leads us. Cool. Who's Lulu? So, pardon me? Who's Lulu, or what's the story on Lulu? Oh, Lulu? That is... So that's the uh, sister to Rip, another one that's younger than a year younger. Okay. No, she's actually only she's seven this year, so she's Derby horse this year, so she's a couple years younger. Um, she's done really well. She, oh, what did she do last year? I didn't get to go a whole bunch, but when we did start coming, we came home after Calgary, and she won some the amateur rodeos and won money at the Derbies and uh, at the bigger barrel races, and then. She came with me to, she actually made the top 10 finalists at CBHI both years. Oh, cool. Um, and then uh, we came, or this year she didn't, this year <laughs> she had an incident before CBHI, so last year she made it back in the top 10 of the finals. And then for CBHI, and now this year is probably going to be the year that I camp on her mostly. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. She, the last race I ran her at on the coast, she felt like ripped disaster. And I was like, what just happened? Because she was such a sweetheart. Oh. And then I'm like, <laughs> she felt exactly like Rip when she wanted to get to that first fail. <laughs> so <laughs> she just, it's like a switch just came on this last fall. And oh, well. we'll see where she goes this mm-hmm. spring. We probably won't start till Falkland, I think. So, mm-hmm. yeah. Go to a couple jackpots and get out there and just try and focus on these maturity horses to get them done. Yeah. Alrighty, so we like to end things off on a lighthearted or funny note. Do you have any funny, crazy, 
or embarrassing stories from the rodeo trail that you'd like to share? No. <laughs> we love this part. Yeah. Probably the good old story of me having to run around the Dodge wrap at the oh the finals in Calgary. Oh no. <laughs> <laughs> That's a grass the grassroots finals. They called me in and that's where uh, they 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 started like yelling at me no as they already had called me to come into the arena and then all of a sudden I look at the first barrel and there's a guy standing at it oh and I, run up there, I, I, and I was like <laughs> yeah I was like he like looks up last second I'm like do not move you <laughs> do not like move. did you yell at him at him to not move I yelled I yelled at him <laughs> yeah I'm like do not move because he looked at me like. And I was like, he's gonna panic. Oh <laughs> and this was just locked off. So I just made sure that she gave him a little extra room to get around them. It was so oh, funny. Man. That is one of the <laughs> coolest like, pictures I've ever seen. Like, I know. Yeah, so there's a picture of it. Yeah. Too. yeah. You yeah. should send me I have the picture, it. actually. Yeah, yeah. send us that picture because it's so cool. It's funny because he sent it to me. Actually, he gave it to me at the CFR and it said, it says, two horses asses. And a pretty lady. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. Oh, so what did he say? Like, did he talk to you after that run? What did he say? <laughs> oh, yeah. Because it was a bad rap. And I was like, hey, you just cost me like three payments on the truck. I think you owe me. Oh, man. Oh, <laughs> it was pretty funny. But they're so, like, it, was, it was pretty lucky that I, I was... Uh, in good spirits of it because I wasn't chasing the CFR. I was already in the season later. Yeah, so yeah. it was lucky that it happened to me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. So, yeah. like, when you saw him there, what went through your mind? <laughs> Were you like, oh, crap, should I stop? I was or like, you... made it. <laughs> I was just running in there. I was like, oh, no, this poor guy. And I, <laughs> I couldn't even think of the rule book that ran through my head that whole time. Oh. I'm like, I don't know if this is going to, like, if they're going to give me a rerun or what. <laughs> For some reason, I, like, pretty much blanked out and just wanted to save the guy's life so I didn't run him over because I knew my horse was locked on. And yeah. <laughs> I got around the barrel and this continued. And I was like, okay, this might just be a luck of a draw. <laughs> oh, man, that's fun. Well, if that happens next time, just give the guy a high five on the way, lad. Yeah. That'd be pretty cool. <laughs> yeah, really. Did, know, the, right? did that run end up making any any money? No, we were just a little bit off. It wasn't actually too bad, but okay. we just like had to go one stride by. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That that definitely could have been some check payments. That's for sure. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Oh man. Uh, so, where can people find you on social media if they want to follow you and Rip and Lulu? Um. So, Facebook. They have my professional page. I'll be all over that for this coming season. Um, Carmen Posse at on Instagram, and then I have a website that's got everything on it for at CarmenPosseOne dot com. And then, uh, where else is there? I think that's about it. Well, thank you so much, Carmen, for taking time out of your day for doing this interview. And I know you have 18 horses <laughs> at your yeah. house that keep you busy. So <laughs> we really appreciate you taking time out of your busy schedule to talk to us. Mm-hmm. Thank you. Thanks for having the interest of calling. And I'm sure I'll see you guys down the, 
trail with her. We'll be there with a big sign. Yeah. <laughs> we'll be, we'll yeah, be like, you can yeah. introduce yourself. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. for sure. <laughs> All right. We'll come back with you guys on the podcast. Thank you very <laughs> Thank much. Thank you. Thanks. <laughs> Bye. Bye. Oh, man. Well, it sounds like she has the absolute dream cross on the way. Uh, Rip crossed with Slick by Design. When she told me that, I was like, that is what everyone's dreams are made Mm -hmm. of. Yep. That's going to be an amazing cross. And tons of exciting stuff uh, to get out of that podcast. Like Mm -hmm. things to look forward to in the world of Carmen Pazwan. And I'm so excited to see her back in the barrel pen this summer. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And we got quite a few rodeos up here, so maybe we'll see her and we'll be able to yeah. cheer her on up here. Yeah, she wants to do like yeah, she wants to do the Canadian ones. So that's pretty cool. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I think like her eighteen horses, her stallion <laughs> that she has gonna, that's going to be running like that is just what all dreams are made yeah. of. Yeah, nonstop yeah, horses. Yeah, <laughs> seriously, like she has her. her plate full. So yeah, very yeah. appreciative she came on this podcast. Mm-hmm. Very, yeah. yeah. Yeah, she was nice to talk to. Yeah, yes. it was very so nice. Humble. And you know what? A really cool insight on the NFR, uh, what it takes to get there, um, some things and tips and tricks that she does. Uh, really funny things that stories across the border and stuff. I really yeah. I enjoyed that. <laughs> <laughs> and I, oh, that must have been so hard for her being sick for pretty much the whole NFR. I can't believe that because she did not ride. No. Like she had, no. what was it, pneumonia? <laughs> and yeah, that's like, what she said. Yeah. 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 That's crazy. And that's funny because it seems like to be a common theme. Maybe there was a flu or something going around with all the barrel racers there this so year. So tired, probably. Yeah. yeah. Well, yeah. You're, but you're, when you're a champ, you persevere. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Well, you're working so hard all year to get there. And then when yeah. you get there, it's like 10 days of nonstop in Vegas. So it's not like it's even like a chill atmosphere, right? Like mm-hmm. there's so much stuff going on. So that's a, that's a lot on your body. Definitely. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But it was really cool talking to her. Um, and if you guys have any feedback, l- uh, let us know. Uh, come up to us. Message us. We've been loving reading your reviews. Thank mm-hmm. you all so much. Like, they're yeah. all, like, super positive. So cool. Every day I've been, like, scrolling through and, like, reading them. And then even, like, the messages we've been getting, the stories we've been getting, and, like, the comments on our posts have been so positive. Thank yeah, you all so, so much. Yeah, and, like, we're even getting some from down in the States, like, that's oh, amazing. all the cities and countries that mm-hmm. the because you can tell like where people download the. There's one in Holland, like the podcast Italy, from. Yeah. yeah, like all over the board. So that's cool. <laughs> so thanks to yes. everyone that's and downloading also, and listening across the world. We do have a package coming from New Zealand, oh, which is yes. super cool. We yes. don't. We're not going to tell you guys about it yet. We're gonna get it, do a live uh, live opening, and then we're mm-hmm. gonna tell you about that wonderful lady who reached out to us yeah. um so yeah it's getting a lot of attention and we literally owe it all to you guys mm-hmm. so we always want to give you a huge thank you and if you're just checking in with us now make sure to follow us on instagram at horsepore podcast on facebook horsepore podcast you can find us on all major podcast apps clearly because that's what you're listening to this on um and do you guys have any other uh Outings or is he leaving it out to me to Steph? Actually, oh, you know what, oh, Steph yeah. H, you you take out this oh, podcast. Oh, one, one last thing: get rich or ride trying. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs>